So I just started just observing her. Like I just be, I just be in the living area with like a pad and pan. And my mum's like, "What are you doing? Like you, what? Go to your room." And I'm like, "No, just do your thing. Pretend I'm not here." And it was so weird for her. She thought she's like, "What is this? Like what are you? What are you writing?" to Loud and Seemingly Confident, the podcast for introverts, extroverts, and everybody else. Today on the show, we have a good friend of mine, Anthony Tomic. He is a stand-up comic, Yeah. <laughs> which I'm sure he's heard that rhyme many times before. I have, I have, but um, I like it. Thank you. Yeah. It's, I came up with it all by myself. It's not one of those things you hear and then you shudder. Like, I hear it and I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Like it's always a pleasant reminder. I was I was thinking about it before, and because your first name starts with an A, you could be the Atomic Comic. Yeah. Which I mean, you've probably also heard before, well, but I like to think that you, I came up with it. You've actually named my next show, and that will probably be my poster. To be honest, <laughs> just me in front of a mushroom cloud. Oh no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a oh, really dark show. But I didn't cause it. You just stood there and made jokes. It's a happy poster. <laughs> Other than the mushroom cloud. Uh-huh. It's, um, I haven't designed it yet. Yeah. But I like, yeah, you know, I like Atomic Comic. Mm-hmm. The, um, uh, although because my background's Croatian, the C is actually a ch. So, oh. so like some people might say, oh, it's Atomic Comic. Right, but we're I was going to say the atomic chomic. Yeah, I don't want no, <laughs> no. That's not good. No, but but as long as we're in Australia and yeah, as long as no one overthinks it. I found out a couple of years ago, and this made me so upset. My best friend in primary school um, was an Italian girl, and her last name was Paoli. And I only found out like three years ago that it's actually Paoli. But they never corrected us. Not once. And we were friends with the entire family. Wow. Um, And we always just called them the Paolis. And and that's probably how they introduced themselves. Yeah. And then I found out, like, when I was in uni that it was actually pronounced Paoli. And I'm like, I'm white. I'm not changing. It's Paoli. (laughs) (laughs) No, but when you found out, was it, like, an innocent find out? Or was it, like, that's enough? (laughs) No. It's actually... It was, it was, it was really embarrassing. I was at a party with some friends of mine from like a different group of friends. And one of my friends went to uni with my friend from primary school sister. And we found out and she was like, oh, you know, blah, blah, Pauly. I'm like, I've known them since Uh, I was two. It's Pauly. And then the sister rocked up and we were arguing about it. And she was like, it's, it's actually Pauly. And we just never corrected you guys. And I was like, my whole life is a lie. But you know what? In that, in that situation, two things. One, old friends know them as Pauly. Yes. Right. So you can carbon date all the people saying it the right way. I've made gnocchi with their nonna. I think I know. Yeah. Yeah. I think I know what's going on. Exactly. Yeah. And secondly, when that, when you found that out, like, did you feel bad? Like, oh my God, for so long I've said it the wrong way. Or were you annoyed at them? I was annoyed at them. I felt betrayed. I'd be annoyed at them too. Yeah. 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 I was like, I can say Pauly. Yeah. All you needed to do was, was tell us that that was how you say your name. And, and Mm. we would have said it that way, but 
Now I'm stubborn. Now I'm like, no, it's paoli. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, age, fuck you. Well, you did. So you, you knew them at age two, and you didn't go to uni at age three. So like, no, this is obviously like eighteen years. Yes, it's a long, long that's distance a, in between. A, that's a ruse. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's quite rude, but that's you know, rude. I'll forgive them and I'll still be friends with them. But yeah, I'll never say their name correctly. Yeah. And nor should you. No, thank you. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we should move on to talking a bit more about you. Oh, yeah. So yeah. is this about finding out if I'm an introvert or an extrovert? Well, yeah, but I'll ask that at the end. Oh, you asked that at the end? Oh, okay. I was going vol- to volunteer it. It's, we'll keep it to the end, okay? All right, we'll do it at the end. Don't spoil the system. I didn't. I wasn't sure you just, what the system What? <sighs> well, anyway, I'm not... <laughs> I won't say anything. Yeah. Because the next word um, would give it away. Yeah. Uh, Okay, cool. We'll lead up to it. Yeah. Yeah. We'll lead in. Um, So first question is, when did you start doing stand-up? Stand-up comedy? Yeah. Uh, No, no. Just when when did you take your first steps? When did you first stand up? I think my first steps, I was around two and it was very near a coffee table with sharp corners. Oh, good. And so my first steps coincided with my first kind of like stumble. Yeah. Which is not uncommon, but I did hit my head on the corner of the table and I do actually have a calcified bruise. Ooh. So I won't, I won't get you to touch it. But no. Yeah, I'm definitely on it yeah. right now. Yeah. Uh, I fell off a tractor when I was little, but it was a tractor at a winery. So it was like on concrete mm-hmm. and I hit my head on the concrete. And was that your first tractor drive? No. Okay. <laughs> well, you should have you should have been good at it. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, God. Um, but no, when did you first do stand, start doing stand up comedy? I I went to an open mic and and enjoyed enjoyed what I saw. Mm-hmm. Uh, back in uh, over ten years ago now, I was Jesus. at uni. I was at like first second year uni. Um, and I went to an open mic and it was terrible, but that really inspired me because I always liked comedy growing up. I loved comedy, mm-hmm. but I only ever saw the finished product. I only ever saw the legends and their DVDs oh, okay. or their, or their yeah. YouTubes or, or, or whatnot. Their so, YouTubes. yeah. So when I, I'm sure my age, so when I went to a mic, I think it was 2009, uh, or 2008, even I was blown away at just how much fun like the performers were having yeah and the crowd were into it and so supportive and some of them were good like some of the yeah. jokes were actually pretty good i'd say nearly every act i saw um this was back in melbourne had one or two like promising bits each and i just thought i want to get amongst this so so i went to uh the organizer and i said can i get up and he said sure and i thought i'd get up that night but i had no i'm glad i couldn't yeah. I, had, I had no material yeah. i was just swept up in it um so but he said yeah i could fit you on in like six weeks so I just kept going, you know, every week in the mm. lead up to that. And in that time, I did come up with some material, like enough for, you know, a four or five minute set. Uh, and I actually still perform a couple of the jokes that like I wrote right at the beginning. Um, so that that was the first time I performed. Unfortunately, I I didn't stick with it initially. Oh, okay. So, so I did this in like 2000, probably all of 2009. I performed at a few mics, maybe one a month. So probably 10, 11, 12 mics. And then I just stopped. I stopped and, you know, finished uni and, you know, started a career, did a few other things, uh, moved to Canberra in 20, late 2011. And it wasn't until 2015 that I actually, like mid-2015, I went to a mic in Canberra yeah. just randomly because I just remembered feeling really bored that particular day. And I just thought, 
why did I stop like mm. going to comedy and, and even doing like, so you stopped going as well I not stopped even every, just yeah stopped I just performing. I just stopped everything yeah and I don't yeah. know why because I enjoyed it but I just didn't think it was a thing I just thought yeah. I'm doing this because I don't want to write an essay or or, yeah. or do like work so I just kind of never really took it seriously and then when I returned like when I went to a mic in 2015 I was blown away all over again mm. uh, except this time when I returned I just I haven't left since so yeah so I, I, I've been very active you know the last five have years. you found there's been a big difference between the sort of open mic scene in Melbourne and in Canberra I really can't comment too much on Melbourne because it was like 10 years ago. Yeah. But I was, I, I think the quality in Canberra, especially when I, when, when I sort of came back to it in, in 2015, uh, I, I thought the quality was amazing. I saw like 10 acts uh, that night. It was at the, where was it? The Duxton in O'Connor. Mm-hmm. And I'm good friends with like all 10 of those acts like yeah. it, it was nearly like a gala in a way like i saw yeah. i saw um really really high quality and th- and that's what actually sort of drew me back because uh i think one of the reasons i sort of stopped in melbourne was i was overwhelmed with how many mics and and opportunities there were mm. and so once i missed a couple of them i thought well it doesn't matter i can just go to another one but in canberra there was really and there still is really only one or so gig a week yeah and um it's actually a good way to build momentum and confidence because if i told myself in melbourne 10 years ago i'm gonna go to every single mic it's a lot i'd burn out yeah in like three days uh i told myself that in canberra and it was one a week it was super manageable so Mm. easy and, and it was good mentally because i thought i'm doing everything i can yeah and, and you're you, going uh, to every single one. I'm going and, to every single one. Yeah. I haven't missed any. It only happens to be like, you know, for this month, <laughs> but I haven't missed any. Yeah. Of them. And you just build momentum that way. And, and I really think that if, if it wasn't for Canberra, I may have not actually really got back into it. Yeah. If I was still in Melbourne, I think I would have still just taken how many gigs or yeah. for granted or burnt myself out if I tried to do too many. Um, same with another bigger market, like if I was in Sydney, but I happened to be in Canberra. Once a week happened to be a sweet spot mm-hmm. in terms of keeping me motivated and coming up with newish things. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, I guess to answer your question, I started in 2008, but really kind of just stopped. Uh, I really feel like my return to it has been like the, yeah. the, my real the last experience. five years. Yeah. So I'd say five yeah. years, maybe add, add an extra year if you want to include that first year. So. I'd say I've got six years of experience. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, because I only started a few months ago and I'm from Melbourne as well, but I never did anything in the Melbourne scene. And sort of people had said to me like, oh, you should give it a shot. But I never really knew about any of the open mics there. You know, Mm -hmm. I lived a bit further out from the city and stuff, whereas here it was just sort of like, oh, there's one at a cafe around the corner for me this Friday. I may as well go and give it a try. And you were actually the MC. At oh, my first, the, the front cafe. Yeah, at the yeah. front in Lynham. Oh, cool. You were the MC at my first ever uh, open mic 
night, um, which was really fun. And because I was so nervous, like I'd never done it before. I'd yeah, like nice. literally like probably five days beforehand was like, okay, I'm gonna write something for five minutes and just like jumped. I had yeah. a broken foot, uh, which I had That's a lot of fun. last year. <laughs> um, uh, and yeah, and you were very like supportive person to be like like I sort of because you were the MC I was like okay he's like the guy to go to yeah you know nice um yeah so that was really when was the first time I, you I Sorry. think I remember mm-hmm. uh and I, I'm always if especially if I'm the MC I will always look at the list of who's on and I will always highlight like names I'm not aware of and yeah. I will always try to go out of my, my way to one find out if they're there because yeah. I, I don't visually know so yeah um, you introduce I, yourself to me every gig because you forget who I am <laughs> Well, well, the first time must have been charming because it's like, hey, you're actually new and, you know, just it's, it's about having fun, break a leg, you know, you'll be great. Uh, I'm sure, I hope I said something like that. I'm right. pretty sure you did say break a leg and I was like, well, oh, yeah, yeah, I you were already did. Of, you were way ahead of us. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah. Were you in a moon boot? I was in a moon boot yeah, um, no. for oh, the no. second time so in you're 2019. Prop, you're a prop comic. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Um, yeah. Do you remember how your first set went? When you were in Melbourne? Yeah. So th- th- this is actually... Th- th- this this story... I think I've shared it on, a, on another podcast as well. Uh, my very first set was pretty pretty bonkers. <laughs> so, 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 okay. So I went to a mic in, in Melbourne and I really got swept up in it. Wanted to perform. I wasn't on for another six weeks. Now, I kept going to that mic... Uh, every week yeah it was weekly it was every tuesday so i went i went five weeks in a row and on that fifth week someone mentioned next week we're gonna have today tonight um just checking out the mic you know they're gonna they're gonna do like a a story on you know young people well not much pressure for your first one well yeah (laughs) so so in my mind i'm thinking i'm i'm gonna i'm on next week and and, you know, the MC on week five is like, make sure you come next week. It's going to, you know, we've got a great lineup and today, tonight's going to be poking around. So I thought, wow, that, that puts some pressure on. So, so my, my show, uh, I'll, there, there were 16 acts. I think it was two halves of eight and today, tonight were there and, and they, but it wasn't like a, a cutting edge sort of, it was kind of like a nice, nearly puff piece in a yeah. way. Right. So like young people having a crack or whatever it was or, or some, something young like that. Young people doing crack. Yeah, yeah, young people doing crack <laughs> and then and they're jumping up on stage. Uh, so I was on in the first half and, and uh, the MC introduced me as my first time. He introduced me as Andrew. And oh, so, no. And, so, and he really built up that it's my first time and like be gentle and, you know, uh, just be very, you know, generous with your laughter and stuff like that. And I came out. And I was just so salty. Like, I felt like this is my moment. There's TV cameras and you got my name wrong, you know? Yeah. So I literally came out and this is like unplanned. I didn't know he was going to say Andrew, but I just came out and just said, uh, yeah, it's Anthony. And just got my first laugh. Like, that's my first <laughs> laugh on a stage. And I got it in like two words. Yeah. You know, and which was kind of false confidence. Yeah. To me. <laughs> it's a little bit of a false start. But I came out and I just said like, oh, yeah, it's Anthony. Just huge laugh. Yeah. And I just, I felt great. And then I, I did, I did my material, which was, which, uh, I don't remember everything I said, but a lot of it was to do with, uh, yeah, my mom <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and just 
my, and she's still a big part of my material even now. Like my, my parents are, are very funny people. And so, so in the five weeks leading up to my performance, I didn't know what kind of comedian I was and I didn't yeah. know, I didn't have material, but I decided, like I knew I liked observational comedy and I knew my mum was very, very funny. So I just started just observing her. Like <laughs> I just be, I just be in the living area with like a pad and pan. And my mum's like, what are you doing? Like, you, what? Go to your room. And I'm like, no, just do your thing. Pretend I'm not here. And it was so weird for her. <laughs> she thought, she's like, what is this? Like, what are you, what are you writing? Yeah. You know? And you were practicing I, your David Attenborough. <laughs> I was, yeah. I was. And, and I did actually, I thought the humor would flow and, and I, it, it didn't really, but I did get a few observations down and I did try them that night and they went pretty well. Uh, one of that, so this is the very first joke I ever wrote. Mm. So I'm sitting there in the living area, observing my mom, waiting for her to do something funny or for, for inspiration to strike. And I'm just looking around the living area of the family home. And it's just, it's, it's very homely. Like, you know, we got, we got, uh, you know, display cabinets and, and, you know, there's photos all strewn all over the place. Mm. Um, but my mum really, she's very, she loves Jesus like so much, like more than anyone I've ever met. And a lot of people like, like yeah, Jesus people like is Jesus. not niche. A lot of people <laughs> like Jesus and she's in the top, like she's in the, she's a, she's like a top fan or whatever, like it says on Facebook. Like, so, so my mum, I'm looking around and it's just a very typical homely place, but there's lots of Jesus paraphernalia, like, like paintings. There's a tapestry of him. Um, there's like, a, there's, there's, there's uh, lots of prayer cards. Those little prayer cards that on the back, it has like, oh. you know, like a gospel on them, but. Like but, Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Yeah. Like a, yeah. Like a church, a church <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh card. Exactly. And, and, and so there's so many of these last supper, um, image as well. And I, and I just, just thought like, wow, mum just really loves Jesus, you know, which is not a joke yet, but then, but then I don't know. I just started counting all of the Jesus stuff that I could just, you could just see if Mm -hmm. you were just in the living area, which was mum's domain. And I counted something like 37 pictures of Jesus, right? Like like a lot of them were prayer cards, but like collector plates, statuettes. One was actually an action figure I got for her from oh Granny Mays, which was ironic. But then she just like threw out <laughs> like the rifle it came with and just kept the Jesus <laughs> bit. It was a it was Jesus GI Joe. But I literally counted thirty seven of these, and and then and then I noticed um, among the family photos there were only like three pictures of me. <laughs> so so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that that became my first ever joke yeah and 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 i think i said that pretty early into my set um and that went really well and, and look i was buoyant and you could see that i and you you would empathize like your first time like you you don't know how it's gonna go you get any sort of good reaction yeah. it's, it's it's i don't incredible. think i even remember it i think i blacked out yeah well you had a very broken foot and I did. yeah yeah um, <laughs> But but just the validation is incredible, yeah, right? Yeah, because you, you don't know what's going to happen. And, and and in the lead up, a lot of people said like, "Look, it's only five minutes," but five minutes can feel like so long. Yeah, if you get nothing, five minutes is forever, mm. you know. And I just thought, why are you talking to me <laughs> the day before performing for the first time ever? But it it honestly felt like it flew by, and and it went it went well. 
but because the MC really emphasizes my first time, and I kind of emphasize it's my first time too, by, by saying like, oh, you know, my name's Anthony and, you know, it's my yeah. first time, thanks, right? Um, and then I did my set. So I went back stage again after my set was over and I had to, I had to wait um, back there for the whole bracket to end. And when the bracket ended and we, we left the backstage area, it was separated by a curtain. When I went out to just go and watch the second half, you know, amongst, you know, the crowd. And it was a pretty big crowd. I think mm. there was like 70, 80 people there. Well, if they get a weekly crowd in like yeah. you know, if they've got enough to do weekly ones and they've probably got to get yeah good amounts of people oh in. it was good yeah. and I, I had i had about 10 or 15 friends there actually which was pretty cool yeah so i came i came out from backstage and there's the today tonight guys and the cameras are set up and they went straight to me they they just wanted to interview me because I, it was my first it was your time first one, yeah. i was the only first timer in the yeah. first half but in my mind, I'm thinking, how easy is comedy? <laughs> so good. <laughs> I'm thinking, I've done one gig. I'm already being interviewed <laughs> on like, network television. Yeah. So, so they asked me just a few questions like, oh, was this really your first time? And do you think you'll keep at it? Or how do you think it went? Or, you know, do, do you enjoy it? Like, you know, this venue and, and the opportunities it gives to, yeah. to people like yourself or any young creators. Because it was ultimately a piece about the venue. Yeah. And, and the institution that it was and, and, and having, um, you know, performances every week. It wasn't a piece about you. It wasn't about me. <laughs> it wasn't about me, no. Um, but, you know, my answers were, no. <laughs> so that was just so surreal. And then after that, they just said like, yeah, you know, keep an eye on today, tonight. It'll air at some point. Can't say when. And, and I just remember telling all of my friends that some of that were there, but many that weren't there. Like, guys, you've got to watch today, tonight every single day watch today tonight you'll you'll know why when it happens and they're like what you just want us to open-ended watch today tonight like, watch today tonight i don't know when it's gonna happen but it's gonna happen. so and the thing is i think i had a few friends literally watch today tonight for like a month the story never aired oh yeah it never, i thought you were gonna say it aired but they cut you out no it just didn't even air it just never aired and then um and then what happened was uh my friends who were at the gig thought it would be hilarious if they if they because i told all of my friends you got to watch today tonight and the my friends that were at the venue vouched initially yeah. like yeah 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 he did well and, and he did get interviewed so yeah i guess let's all just watch today tonight and then after like a month and it was clearly like <laughs> not gonna air and i even called today tonight and i said oh you guys filmed something a month ago and then I literally got onto the journalist and he's like, oh yeah, nah, sorry. We lost, like we deleted the footage accidentally or something. So yeah, it's not happening. And I was really, really upset because I, because my next question was, even if it doesn't air, can I just have the footage? Yeah. Can I just have whatever you filmed with me on stage? Not even in the interview. So there was just nothing. And, and I divulged this to my, my best friend, Pete. And when Pete realized that not only was it not going to air and there was actually no footage or evidence, he told all my friends that there was never an interview. Yeah, and so all of my, many of my friends thought that my telling them to watch today tonight for a month was just a bit, was just was just <laughs> fucking know. Anthony. Exactly, they're like classic Anthony. He's pissed off we didn't go, and so he's telling us to you know do this thing. That's a good bit. I'm gonna I'm gonna do that to my friends now. Well, I was so upset, and I said, Pete, please, can you just please vouch? Can you just say, look, it's not gonna air, but it did happen but pete already knew i already told him when i was upset that there yeah. was no footage uh pete was like but wouldn't there be some footage though 
Like, wouldn't you have something? Yeah. <laughs> so to this day, I've actually got like, like you know, Pete knows the truth, and he's still my best friend, I guess. But I've still got like a subset of friends that think that like I never, you know, even performed that night, let alone oh got interviewed God. by anybody. Uh, and I've been interviewed by like nobody since. But anyway. That was that was my introduction. That was my first time. Yeah, there you go. I did. Um, I was in a show a couple of years ago, a musical, and they did. You know, a, a piece in the morning. Like they got us to come in, and a few of us performed and did a couple of interviews, so it could go on the news as like advertisement beforehand. And so we like we did it that morning, and they aired it that night during the news. And then I went off to rehearsal because the show hadn't started yet. And they must have played a recap of the news like later on in the night. And it was the Bachelorette finale. So everyone that was watching, at least in Canberra, everyone that was watching the Bachelorette finale saw this like recap of me singing in like my ridiculous wig and my whole costume. And I like finished rehearsal and came back to my phone with like all these texts and being like, um, you were just on the Bachelorette. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like... Uh, was I? But yeah, I thought That's that was... Have you got footage of that? Uh, it's probably somewhere. But that, so let me get this straight. You got interviewed that morning. Yes. And it aired that night. Yes. Far out. <laughs> <laughs> They've come a long way in 10 years. <laughs> oh man, by that logic. So, okay, I was on the stage at like 8 or 9 p.m. They interviewed me that night. I should have been on the next today tonight. Yeah. I could, like the next day. Yeah. That's so upsetting. <laughs> Um, you talked about how you have used your parents as material a lot. Oh yeah. I how do. do they feel about it when you use them as material? They didn't like. So, not neither of them saw me perform in in Melbourne in the first year because yeah. I I kind of like was doing it because it was fun, but I didn't really take it too seriously. And uh, I, I did have a group of friends at that first gig who then ended up, you know, um, pretending that they weren't there, and and today tonight didn't happen. But I just, I didn't get my parents involved because, you know, they're migrants, they came to this country, they wanted me to, you know, educate myself and, you know, go to uni and, and, and get a, you know, a, a real job. If I explain to them, I'm procrastinating my uni work by talking about you to strangers. <laughs> it just wouldn't, it didn't make sense as a when business. When you put case. it that way. They, 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 they would, they did, they, they wouldn't get, you know, you know what? I didn't give them the chance. Like maybe they would have been fine, but I didn't even tell them. They really only found out that I'm into comedy and that they're both quite the muse uh, from 2015. Yeah. And so it's funny. Like on the one hand, my dad loves it. He absolutely loves it. Uh, And he, and he often he'll try reminding me of things that I haven't turned into a joke yet. (laughs) You know, he's like, oh, do you remember the time that I'm like, dad, you can't force it. Don't force the bit. <laughs> he's like, no, it was very funny. And I'm like, all right, well, then you perform it. You go and do it and and talk about me, your son, yeah. and this, your bit. I will only talk about it if I remember it. So anyway, my dad loves it. He celebrates it. My mom, very different about it. She's fine with it, but but she's very much like, how are you? And I'm like, good. And she's like, do you still make fun of me? And I'm like, I don't make fun of you. She's like, why do you like... Is your life not interesting? I'm like, it's very interesting. <laughs> She's like, but is, isn't it strange? Like, you, you haven't even lived with me for more than 12 years. And I'm like, I know, but I don't, I talk about more recent things. I, I have other bits. And she's like, <laughs> she's like, what are they? Tell me. And I'm like, no, well, not right now, but that's because it's weird to tell someone a bit, you know? Yeah. But look, um, both parents have seen me perform live, and, and they, and this was actually really stressful for me. 
they both came to the same show and I remember thinking if I have like five minutes of like dad material I have to have five minutes of mum I can't have six of mum and four of dad they have to be equal right and I did that and and also also I might just say that while I do have material on my family it's like I'm not making fun of, of them like I, I think they're both brilliant right and, and if anyone this something I firmly believe is that if you're if you're telling a story especially about friends or family um like if anyone comes off second best, it should be yourself. Yeah. Uh, so, so I'm not like, Oh, get a load of my mom or, or anything like that. Uh, I know I've written the bit well and performed it well. When after the show, people are like, man, like, you know, your mom's hilarious. Like I, I want to, like, I reckon she's the funny one, not you. And that's true. That's absolutely <laughs> the truth. And like, I know when I've performed and I get that feedback that I'm doing it well. Yeah. And, 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 and my, and my mum, uh, you know, she, she knows that it comes from a good place and I'm being, um, you, you, you know, very earnest and, 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 and stuff like that. So, so she's, she's supportive. And like I said, my dad, he just loves it. He's, yeah. I think my dad's like me, like attention is good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <So>. Good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when you're writing your sets and stuff, obviously like most comics, pull stuff from real life and you say you pull stuff from your parents and things how often do you flat out lie or bend the truth because i know like i've done when you go see a comedian it's nice to sit there and think that everything's real yeah that they've said but i also think that you know people should know that it's not yeah and i've definitely had gigs that i've done where people come up and be like you're weird for doing that i'm like dude it's a joke do you really think that i do that yeah 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 that's an, that's an interesting one. For me, I often beat myself up if I if I've got a bit and I feel like I haven't actually uh, zhuzhed it up comedically. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like I'm literally retelling a memory, and if I exhaust all my memories, I'm not a comedian anymore. Yeah. And so I, I would think like, how can I do something and then value add with like some absurdity or an observation or do something that's surprising. So I, I, I'm kind of like fighting the opposite. Like, cause for me, I will tell something that has word for word happen. And then people think that's so funny. And then, and then I just think, well, all I've really done is retell something. And, mm. and, uh, I don't know if I've actually done anything really creative there. Um, I will say that I will say that there are obviously times where you know to condense a story you might skip things or or, or, or you will exact like you can't help but exaggerate yeah no. you know and but 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 the the, the essence of it, if the essence of it is true um, then I, I don't know like people people just dig that they just like yeah. that authenticity you yeah know? if I got up and I sort of told a memory but I completely flip you know like i think people can tell when you're just rehashing an argument you clearly lost but now you want to win it <laughs> you know and, and people said did you really think of that on the spot and you're like well no i only thought of that when i wrote this joke over like six months yeah um so th there are times when that happens for sure but but for the most part if it's um if it is like a childhood memory or a family memory it's pretty close to the mark mm -hmm. uh but then, but then if I am doing something that is pure observation or pure absurdity, um, which I don't have too many of those bits, but if anyone believes any of that, mm. that's on them. 
<laughs> That's not my fault. Yeah, it's fair enough. Um, have you ever like had a set in mind that you were going to do that night and then you've gotten to the open mic or whatever it is and gone, this isn't the audience for this set and just on the spot oh, changed yeah. to a different... Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. That, that has definitely happened. And I think that's actually one of the things I like so much about comedy is is that no joke is ever word for word completely perfect or finished. Mm-hmm. It's very dynamic. You could you can perform something one way one night, perform it you feel identically the next night and get a completely different reaction. Yeah. So in many ways comedy is uh quite a cruel maiden in yeah. that sense. Well, it's but, so subjective. Yeah. And yeah. it keeps you so interested, though. Yeah. So there, there, there have absolutely been times where I've thought, I'm going to go in and I'm going to do this particular joke. But then, you know, you see like an opening act or someone that's before you do something along those lines and, and, uh, or, mm. or, or, or maybe, or maybe it, it's a theme that it, you, you don't want to contribute to it if you've seen it three or four times already. Yeah. So, but I think that, that that's an important part of live comedy mm. is that you, you, you like you have like a lot of it is your instincts yeah and if your instincts tell you this is not going to work tonight you got to do something else the other thing is if you're like mid-set and then something amazing happens like if there's like an earthquake or someone in the front row does something if you can't break script and address that some way yeah the, you can lose the crowd because yeah. the crowd's like you've literally it's, got a gift something has just happened you yeah. know something yeah. just happened and you're ignoring it is this rote yeah is this memorized and then people can literally turn on you right yeah and, and and that's but the thing is if you if you're in the moment and you can engage with like something that has popped up it then you're incredibly rewarded you might be disproportionately rewarded in fact someone might think up until this point we're just watching their polished rote potentially yeah. set but because this thing happened and they went off script and they dealt with it, they did some crowd interaction or they made some sort of quip, that crowd member now feels like, hey, up until that point, I could have caught this show any night of the week. Yeah. But because of that thing that just happened yeah. and they dealt with, I could have only seen that tonight. Seen something unique. Yeah. 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 And, part of it. And, I, and there's value in that. Like that, yeah. Some of my favorite gigs like I've been to, like even like with music or something, mm. it's like you know um like they bust a string or they actually make a mistake or yeah. something and it's like but that's cool you yeah. know you don't hear that often and it's relatable how do you feel about hecklers uh so i mean i don't love it but that's just another thing that's dynamic about comedy and you have to be prepared for is there's going to be uh there's always the potential for someone to you know want to make it uh interactive yeah and that's not always negative sometimes people think that they're actually being a great help yeah you know if they yell something out or or so you know it might even be the way that they best enjoy it so i i i i will address a heckler but i don't default to necessarily being mean or um you know winning or beating them yeah um i do think that for the most part if there is a heckle if you do address it and you address it pretty quickly uh, that will often be the end of that. Yeah, it's only it's only problematic, or if if a, if a heckler just keeps going. Yeah. Uh, and and look, knock on wood, I haven't had too many experiences with that. I've seen it happen on nights I've been on. I've seen it happen with others, and it has happened with me maybe a couple of times, but really like it's negligible considering yeah. how many times I've performed. 
Um, but look, it just comes with the territory. Yeah. I was at a gig once. I wasn't performing and it was, um, I think that happens in Canberra about once a year called music theater comedy. Uh, and basically people get up and, you know, they tell stories kind of like stand up, and then they sing a song to do with the story. And this particular night was Disney themed. And one of the guys, he got up and he was talking about, the time he lost his virginity and he is having <laughs> sex with his friend and he went to start singing a song and he hadn't announced what he was going to sing yet. And some guy in the back yelled out, you've got a friend in me, which wasn't the song he was singing, <laughs> but perfect heckle and everyone loved it. And then I think because he got that brilliant laugh, the same guy kept trying to heckle throughout the night uh, and was never funny again. Yeah. We were like, mate, you should have stopped. You That's, had a brilliant yeah. one yeah. and you should have just stopped there. Icarus. Yeah. 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 Too close to the sun right there. That happens. And that, you know what? That happened. That's funny you say that someone heckled, got a great reaction and then just try to keep doing it. Mm. Uh, but, you know, a lot of a lot of early uh, experiences in comedy is like that as the performer. You know, you might have an opening joke that goes really well and then the rest is like really, really flat. I, I guess you have to keep trying, though, because yeah. you're the entertainment. <laughs> but that heckler should have just stopped. They should have yeah. like, this is not even diminishing returns. This is stopped returns. This yeah. is no more returns. So yeah, I, I, I do wish that they would stop. <laughs> do, you, do you find audiences better at uh, like open mics or ticketed solo shows? Because they solo shows, they sort of know what they're going for. Yeah. And open mics, they don't know what they're going to get. I, uh, I love both crowds because, mm. because you can argue that, you know, the latter, the, the, the one that has sold out your show uh you know is there for you and that's just such a rush you know yeah. like like they want to see me that's great with a mic uh it's 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 equally great in many respects because you think they don't have expectations they don't know what they're going to get or even or even if uh up till that point they feel like they haven't really enjoyed it but then you think hey i haven't been on yet i think you're going to enjoy this yeah and that's and that's or <laughs> Or, you know, you, you, that's one way to pump yourself up. Yeah. As in like, all right, I, I can, I, I, I'll, um, I'll do well, you know, I'll, mm. I'll save the remainder of the night or something, you know, or you could think, oh, they're not feeling it. Like maybe I can leave, <laughs> you know, and, and, and you don't know which of those two are going to happen mentally, but, but I will say I've never left. So it, either I feel really confident and get up. Or I don't feel confident I get up. But either way, you get up. Yeah. And and if it goes well, you always feel good. Uh, if, if if something goes bad, then sure, you know that that sucks. But that's always a risk, you know. Mm. Like at the end, I don't want to boil it down too simply, but you know, one of two things are going to happen: it's going to go well, or it may not go well. Yeah. And and I think you have to be prepared for it to not go not go well. And and that feeling isn't very good. But the feeling of when it goes well is way better like so much it, it it's they're not equal feelings yeah so if so it's I, I don't i don't know there's probably a better analogy but it's like if you invest in like a stock at like a dollar or something it can go to zero yeah and that sucks you've lost everything yeah but it could go to like 20 dollars, which is what like that's like making 20 times over you Good know maths. which yeah it's make i think that's the right math so i guess i guess what i'm saying is the highs are better than the lows, yeah. and if you are experienced or uh, not experienced, but if you if you um, uh, you know, putting your best foot forward, yeah. and you're gaining experience, uh, 
you, you, you just start, you just invariably start having more of the good sort of sets yeah. and, and less of the bad. And so you're just immersed in, you know, these really good feelings. Yeah. Right now with um, not having gigs, yeah. I'm missing so much dopamine. It's, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm playing the stock market if you can't tell. <laughs> but honestly, I took for granted like my one or two times a week on stage. Um, what, what else gives you dopamine? Like like exercise at the gym. Like all these things are gone. Even restaurants. Yeah. Like yeah. flirting with wait staff. Like that's gone. All of my dopamine, uh, or not all of it, but, but a lot of it, you know, I can't wait to get it back. Yeah. I will say, if you feel the need to flirt with random people, there are two apps that you could try. Um. Nah, <laughs> it has to be in person. You have to. <laughs> no, uh, you, and the reason I say wait staff is it doesn't it doesn't bother me at all if it's if it's a waiter or a waitress. It doesn't mm. because what it is is I'm about to eat or have just eaten, mm-hmm. so I am at my happiest. Yeah. I am buoyant. And so the wait staff, whoever they are, I don't care who they are. You're the person that either brought me a meal that I really enjoyed <laughs> or you're about to bring me a meal. So I have, I am never more malleable or, or flirty <laughs> or, or pliable than, than that, that halo of before or after eating. Fair enough. I've bumped into a waiter like, uh, you know, after I've eaten and they're like, oh, you know, was that, were we having a thing? And I'm like, who are you? (laughs) I have never seen you in my life. (laughs) Oh my God. Wait, staff must be the most rejected people in the world. Like everyone flirts with them and then no one wants to follow through. Oh, I've just started to feel really sorry for all the wait staff in the world. I have never seen you in my life. And yeah, because I'm hangry when they're talking <laughs> yeah. to me as well. If you don't have food on a plate, I can't see your face. And so you ate you ate lunch at my restaurant two hours ago. I'm like, I haven't eaten for two hours. I hate everyone. <laughs> <laughs> you want to catch me in an hour when I'm about to eat again? Yeah. So, <laughs> oh, poor wait stuff. Poor wait stuff. Uh, now you've performed both at the Melbourne Comedy Festival and the Adelaide Fringe Festival. Yeah. And well, Sydney. And Sydney. And Canberra. And, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Canberra doesn't Canberra count. Canberra doesn't count. Um, we love you, Canberra Comedy Festival. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, but how, were, how, how did those come about and how was that experience? Um, so with the festivals, you just, I guess when you get to the point where you think like, hey, I've got a solo show in me, which I guess is like 45 to 50 minutes of material, um, you, just, you just register like... There's festival season, so I think uh, Melbourne's obviously a very big one, which is, it's not set dates, but it's always based around uh, Easter yeah. and, you know, when's good, I think I think it sort of starts close to Good Friday, sort of around about that zone. So that's a month-long festival, mm. so registrations open, I think, in late October, early November. So, so for me, I feel like if I'm performing pretty much every week, uh, I am just invariably coming up with close to that 45 50 minutes of material that i need so so um from the end of the major festival that is melbourne so around about april may i am very much in creation mode of trying to you know come up with a few minutes a month i suppose although it's not that mechanical like there there may be three or four months you come up with nothing yeah and then one month you're like hey this is 20 minutes of stuff right here so I guess I've just take not taken for granted, but I've just found that over the last three or four years, I have more or less generated 
a new show per year. Yeah. Um, and long may that continue, I hope. <laughs> you know? Um, Have you been writing during isolation? <laughs> no, no, no. Every time I've tried writing, it's, you know, it's been quite dark. <laughs> so. It's what you want in a comedy show. No. Darkness. Yeah. yeah, it's like, oh, I know you guys have been waiting for comedy because of this uh, period we've all been in. Anyway, here's the darkest stuff yet. <laughs> You know, I don't think that that's what people really want. So I'm trying to, I'm, I'm not forcing it. So yeah. I, I wrote and I thought, ah, there's no jokes in this. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to, you know, go about, go about my day to day. But I'm, I'm constantly thinking constantly. We're always observing, you know, yeah. the environment, we're, the environment we're in and everything that's happening. So, so stuff it, without even being aware of it subconsciously, you know, you're working on your next bit. Yeah. Uh, I, I hope. <laughs> so, so, uh, so yeah. Look, when you when you believe you've got a festival show, just apply for them all. So, uh, applied for Melbourne by November, I think around about that time, or maybe a little bit earlier. You have to apply for the Adelaide Fringe. I think Adelaide Fringe is in February. Mm-hmm. So a lot of, a lot of comedians will do the Adelaide Fringe to really fine tune or even still work on workshop their show because the Fringe Festival is not really all about comedy. Yeah. Comedy is part of it, but it's really you know burlesque and. And like circus and yeah. and 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 all all other sort of uh, improv, heaps of other stuff, probably is is like the main focus and comedy is like peripheral. Uh, and then after that, you've got Canberra, uh, you've got Melbourne, and then after Melbourne, you have Sydney. You just apply and you do the same show. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's really it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, that's your aim, obviously. Oh yeah, eventually. Yeah. yeah. Nice. I mean, I was supposed to have my first. 20 minute set like just myself and it got cancelled because of coronavirus so you know and that was sort of like okay 20 minutes that's you know yeah. 15 minutes longer than I've ever done before yeah. so you know eventually I'll get to to that you, you will and, yeah. and, look, and I tell everyone oh how do you how do you go how do you get 50 and I, and I said look the convention is open mics are five because yeah. a lot of people want to do it but if the convention, for whatever reason, if there's some, if there's a parallel universe where open micers are supposed to do half an hour, then you you do half an hour. Yeah. There's no insurmountable block from the it's fifth fair. minute to the sixth or the seventh or the eighth. You know. Yes, it can be tricky if if all your opportunities are only mics. Yeah, you're more or less doing sprints, but the aim is a marathon. Mm. Um, but that's that's why it's good if you eventually you maybe close out a bracket and they say you know what everyone's doing five but you're doing ten yeah and then after that it's like hey can you MC the next one because when you MC you might do seven or eight up top yeah and you might do one or two between a few acts and then you do seven or eight for the second half and then all of a sudden as an MC you're like I just did twenty or twenty five yeah um, and then when you're headlining uh, a comedy room you're you're really doing about half an hour because you might have an MC and a few opening acts. And then once you're at 30, 35 minutes, you think another 10, that's a festival. Yeah, that's fair. You know, and so so there are there are um there are steps that there's definitely there's definitely a ramp towards the longer the longer sets, but it can, but when you're just doing mics initially, you do think like wow, 5 to 50. Mm. But it can be done. Um, I wanted to ask you as well, a couple of years ago, I think maybe last year, you did an ad with Ben Spoke Beer, Ben Spoke Brewery. Um, I think that was with the Canberra Comedy Festival. Yeah. How did that come about? Uh, so I think someone at, 
so someone at Ben spoke obviously wanted to do an ad. Yeah. And I think they were a sponsor of the Canberra Comedy Festival. And I think that they reached out to the Canberra Comedy Festival and said, look, we want locals, a couple mm-hmm. locals in this ad. And I think that they may have even looked through a few um, YouTube clips uh, of Short Fast Funny, I think mm-hmm. it was, which 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 is um, something um, Tim Duck, uh, a, a big a big part of um, the Canberra comedy scene, you know, runs Civic Pub and whatnot. Um, he, I think he he teaches at at a CIT, and every so often, every couple of years, he he offers comedians if they want to like record some of a set. So, you know, his students can learn how to like edit and, and all that yeah. sort of stuff. So I think they did this in 2017. So a, a bunch of Canberra comedians had like a three or four minute set on YouTube. And I think, so Ben Spoke told me that they looked at a few and, um, and they short set a couple and, and I guess I was on that. And then someone from Canberra Comedy Festival reached out to me and said, do you want to do it? And I said, absolutely. I want to do it. You know, I should have been on TV with today tonight, <laughs> you know, <laughs> It's my chance. I'm back. This is my moment. Did you just take the footage and like send it to that journalist? And be like, this is what you missed out <laughs> on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, you thought you stopped me mm. 11 years ago. <laughs> yeah. But look, just look like how that. Far I've come. Blink, blink, and you'll miss it. Uh, and so I said yes, and then it was only afterwards I thought like, can you have beer ads? Like I don't even know. Because I think we even drink beer in the ad. I don't know. I don't know. Actually, let's let's no one investigate that. But but uh, that ad was a lot of fun. Although I had a lot of so I I only have one line and it's right at the end. And I had a lot of trouble with that line. I did not want to say it. So just as a bit of a refresher, the the ad is based around how cool it sounds to open a Ben Spoke can. It's got like some sort of double lock, like a special. It's just not like any other can. And it sounds really good. They come all the way off rather than just being a little yeah. mouth hole. They come all the way off and um, taste good. <laughs> so, so, so. Ben spoke if you want to sponsor this podcast. Yeah, uh. hey, I always felt like that ad was, you know, left hanging for a sequel. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a trilogy at least. <laughs> now, so the ad emphasizes the sounds of, of, of opening the cans. And then, and then the ad is like, you know, I'm busy. Someone invites me to their house party. I say no. Then I hear them opening the can over the phone. I'm like, oh, is that a Ben Spoke can? You know, and then I change my mind and I go to the party, right? So, and then right at the end, right at the end of the ad, like, you know, I'm having a beer with her. And then, and then she says, sounds good. And then I go, tastes better. Brilliant. And that took so many cuts. Yeah. Because I did not want to say I mean, I'm going to say, I, I watched it about two hours ago and I believe you that it, it took... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My acting's not great. <laughs> yeah. but, but I did not want to say taste better. I yeah. just thought, come on, guys, let's do something else. <laughs> uh, and they're like, come on, man. Like, just, it's a good ad. Just say taste better. And I, and I said, you know, I'm a comedian. And when you hire a comedian, you're not really hiring an actor. And they're like, yeah, we know that. And I'm like, all right, fair enough. But you're really hiring a writer. <laughs> And I don't, I just don't want to say taste better better. after sound. I want her to say sounds good and I want to say something else. And they said, what do you want to say? I'm like, well, picture this. How funny would it be if she says sounds good and I, and I just, I I can't hear it. I'm deaf. I've been deaf the whole time. You know what I mean? 
How about that? You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, how's that for a twist, you know? But then they were like, well, why were you answering your phone? I find that phone? most of my ads require a plot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wanted the twist. It was so... Because I was so adamant. I didn't want to say taste better. And they said, fine. What do you suggest? And then my suggestion was just weird, you know? So I lost that argument and I said the line. It's fair. Yeah. But look, that ad... I had fun with it. Yeah. I had fun with it. Uh, now we are getting um, towards the end. We are definitely over our 45 minutes. But oh, I want to so ask you... No, that's fine. It's good. I want to ask you um, a couple of random questions. Yeah. And you're, you're looking at my sheets. So this isn't going to be a surprise to you. I can't read upside down cursive. Well, I wouldn't call it cursive. I would call it messy. Um, but well, I couldn't <laughs> read it. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so messy. Um, do you have a favorite 80s movie? A, f- a favorite movie from the 80s? Yeah. I, I mean, that is obviously the question. Yes. I don't know why. I, I, <laughs> I'm trying to buy time. Uh, I do. I definitely do. I really enjoy... Oh, no. That's from the early 90s. I was going to say Kindergarten Cop with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, no. I do know that one. Yeah. That's that's early 90s. Um, oh, I got another film. That's Come on. It's like the best decade. 70s. Oh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. I've never seen that one. That's never a great seen movie. It. Yeah. That's a great movie. I'm sure it is. I've just never seen it. It's really good. It's got um, Ramus, Harold Ramus. I forgot his first name, but he's great. Yeah. It's a very funny show. I think they're rebooting it as a show. I don't know why it's a show. It was a movie. Yeah. They're rebooting it as, as a show. Sh- Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. That's my answer. There you go. Good answer. I think mine's probably a tie between Ferris Bueller's Day Off and The Goonies. Oh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah. Are you revising your answer? <laughs> I love Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah. I love that movie. Yeah. Twist and Shout. Yeah. That bit. Oh, man. That's a good movie. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's that. Yeah. I feel I feel so bad for when the Ferrari reverses. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Such a nice yeah. car. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like the, the older I get, the more I relate to Cameron. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's a theory that so Cameron doesn't exist. Yes. I have seen this. Yeah. 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 But that, I love that's Cameron. That's a twist. So that's a twist. That's a twist, Ben Spoke. That should have been the end of the Ben Spoke <laughs> You don't out. exist. I don't even exist. No. A figment of her. She has zero friends. Oh my God. She's just sitting there and drinking all the beer herself. Ooh. <laughs> it's a that really be, dark ad. That would be interesting if a beer maker was like, this adds about alcoholism in a way. Like, I don't think nah, they were never going to do think, that. I don't think that would sell. But if you know what? I'd buy it because I'd say at least these guys aren't shying away. That's integrity. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's like putting the dead lungs on the back of a cigarette packet. Yeah. Every alcohol ad is about alcoholism. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And finally, the, uh, the last question, which you tried to answer at the start. Oh, yeah. Um, would you consider yourself confident? Are you an introvert, an extrovert? Well, you, I mean, you can be either of those and still confident, right? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, okay, I think I am a confident person, mm-hmm. but that's because I get a lot of confidence from the fact that, you know, we live on this earth until we don't. 
and so I kind of feel like okay. nothing really matters too much, but not in a not in a dark way. This is really strange. Not in though. an existential a way. Of, a lot of people, a lot of people, like think, "Oh my goodness, this is it," and they get really existential. Whereas I think, "Oh my goodness, this is it," and it fills me with joy. I actually kind of agree with you in and, that way. And 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 I think, and I can pinpoint why. I grew up. My mum loves Jesus. And she loves her understanding of how things are. And so I firmly believed in hell. I firmly believed in it. Mm-hmm. I thought you, you, you exist and then you, when you don't exist, you're most likely going to be tortured for eternity. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, which is dark. And so then as a young adult, when I was like, that's nonsense, that was just like hell's just like a construct to make people like follow the rules. Yeah. Right. And um and, and like and that's how my mum hears the like clean your room, we've got a hell. You know what I mean? <laughs> like so so when I realized there isn't one and when it's over, it's over. Well, I believe it's over, it's over. Mm. Or if there's something afterwards, it's pleasant. It's not yeah. forever of, you know, you know, being tortured. So when I realized this is it, I just they just make the most of it. That's great. That's great. That's yeah. a good feeling. And do something that you enjoy. And if you enjoy it, and you can be good at it or get good. You don't even have to start good at what you enjoy. If you become good at it, then that's, yeah. a, that's a great result. So for me, like with comedy, I feel like if, I, if I'm getting better at it and if I, and if I don't even know how I feel if like talent even really exists or not. But like if someone has a talent and a work ethic and enjoys something whatever that thing is and you know and you've identified what that thing is you got to do it it's madness not to yeah if i mean of course unless like what you enjoy is like illegal or something really yeah, bad no, but if you're if you're don't like, do I, those. If you're like <laughs> I love dancing and i'm good at it and i've got the opportunity to do it but i'm going to not do that mm. that's so irrational you yeah. got to do it so i have confidence in terms of there's no help so that's that's that <laughs> i think i'm an introvert yeah i think i'm an introvert i think that um a lot of a lot of performers can moonlight temporarily and come across Absolutely. as very extroverted. Yeah. Um, but I think that I, in terms of drawing energy, I, I I can get it. I can get it in solitude and and just tinkering away with my own thoughts and and stuff like that. Brilliant. Um. So, yeah. Well, thank you so much Wait, for, for coming on the or podcast. Do have, do you, do you, well, no, I've sort of, well, it's called loud and seemingly confident because that's how I've described myself. Like, I think yeah. I come off as confident. Well, you're not but confident. I'm not, I wouldn't say that I'm There's no confident. hell. There's no hell. There's no hell. Hell is only what you <laughs> think at the time. Um, so, yeah, it's like I'm, I'm working my way towards being confident, but I think I come off as confident even though okay. I, I wouldn't necessarily say that I am. I'm not sure yet if I'm an introvert or an extrovert. I yeah. said on another episode um, that we recorded that I thought I was an extrovert when I was a kid and then I grew up and realized I was an introvert. Yeah. But I actually think during the pandemic, like my life hasn't changed all that much. Like I'm still going to work and things, but you know, it used to be when I went to open mics or if I had rehearsals for a show, I was seeing people even if I wasn't necessarily like, organizing to go see people Mm -hmm. and during this time i've realized that i do feed off being around people and i'm now starting to go like okay i need to make sure i put in the effort to go see people because it is affecting me so i think that makes me at least partially extroverted that's so normal though i mean i think look introverted extroverted to the side humans are absolutely social 
Yeah. We're absolutely social. Um, oh, man, I've got to call some of my relatives. I've got to be nicer to people. I've just realized. Oh, we did, a, we did a Zoom meeting with some of my family members, like extended family. Oh, it was chaotic. Oh, everyone's like, I'm so yeah. happy right now. But everyone just <laughs> didn't know how to use Zoom and we're yelling over That's each other and it was so... chaos. Anyway, we've talked for All a right. really long time. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Okay. Uh, thank you everyone for listening. Please subscribe and leave a review. Five stars would be nice. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Chelsea J Heaney. That's H-E-A-N-E-Y. And you can follow the podcast at loud and seemingly confident anthony do you have anything you want to plug i think i have an instagram you do jim and tomic good is my handle i think yeah and you my, have face, a facebook. My, my facebook's just my name isn't it yeah i think so i think so yeah. I, I, what, most of my research when my friends come on is facebook stalking okay uh so yes i believe your your facebook one is just your <laughs> name because that's what i was doing three hours ago but hey i'm gonna change that to anthony tomic the comic <laughs> yeah Thank you. Or not, actually. Or not. Just probably whatever. Not. Just it's search for my name. Just search for my name. Yeah. Anyway, thank you very much. <laughs> we'll see you all next week. Bye.